<laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, listen, if you have your Bibles, and I said this earlier, but I, want, I really mean it. Does anybody in here not own a Bible? Amen. Everybody own a Bible? Everybody's got a Bible, raise your hand. Everybody that brought your Bible, keep your hand up. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I found out years ago that the Bible did me no good when it was at home on my coffee table. Amen. Amen. You got to have the word. You know why? Because you never know what I might tell you. And if you don't double check it in the word of God, you can be deceived. Not that I'm a deceiver, but that's, uh, that's just one of the things I always tell this congregation. You double check everything. Through the word. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, or because you have your Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. And uh, this morning, we I mean, over the past few weeks, we've been, we've been in a series about renewing the mind and what have you. But this morning, I'm going to start a brand new series. And I want to teach on what I believe to be the most timely message for the day and the hour that we're living the title of this series is God's Purpose for the Local Church. God's Purpose for the Local Church. You know, the Lord put it in my spirit some time back that he wanted me to teach on the importance of the local church. But as I thought about it, and I, I can, uh, I'll bring this to your thinking process, we've really taught on the local church for years. Because most of the New Testament... Uh, at least all the writings of Paul were written to the church. How many of you know that? Amen. They're all letters to the church. Uh, after the Gospels, the church was formed in the book of Acts. And from that moment on, there was an apostle called Paul. His, first, his name was Saul until he got saved. But Paul had preached uh, 14 books of the Bible in the New Testament. And those 14 books are called the epistles. Those are letters written to the church. How many of you uh, still know that? Amen. Hallelujah. So we've really uh, written or talked about the local church before, but there's just something different, different about this day and the, this hour that we're living. And I believe God is wanting to give his people the divine revelation of just how valuable the local church is to our life. You know, if a person doesn't feel that the local church is valuable to them, they won't honor it. Amen. Because you honor or people honor or give honor to those things that are valuable to them. Amen. And if they do value the local church and they do value the things of God, then you'll see it in their actions. In other words, you'll see it in the way they live their life. Amen. Amen. Now, I know most Christians like myself, and I was this way years ago, have never been taught about on the purpose of the local church. Most Christians, when they think about the local church, they'll point to a building. Or they'll point to a denomination. Or they'll talk about the church that they went to when they were raised. But I have found, my brother said, that most believers don't really have a divine revelation of what the purpose of the local church really is. Amen. The church 
has a purpose. How many of you know that? And it's more than just coming and sitting on a pew. Amen. It's more than just coming to listen to great preaching on Sundays and Wednesdays. Amen. And I believe in these last days, the church is going to rise up, hallelujah, and become what God really intended for it to be. That in the coming days, there's going to be a great awakening in the remnant church. I'm not talking about a certain denomination. I'm talking about a church that will not compromise. I'm talking about a church that, that's not trying to be popular or be seeker friendly. I'm talking about a church <clears throat> that has made a quality decision to move forward with God Almighty. Amen. So I believe there's a great awakening coming to the, concentra- uh, to the consecrated church. I also believe this, that there is, a, uh, uh, <clears throat> there is coming excuse me, an awareness to all of our spiritual life. There's a, uh, there's a coming awareness to the spiritual life. I believe people are going to sense in their own heart and in their own spirit that they need to be right with God. Or better yet, that they need to get right with God. Amen. Why? Because they see that our world is changing. And I may add, not for the better. They see that things in the world are getting worse. Just as our Lord Jesus said they would. In the 24th chapter of Matthew, and you can just write this down. Jesus said in the last days, when we start seeing these things happen, that it's only the beginning of sorrows. We're seeing those, the beginning of sorrows right now. I've been saying for uh, months, if not years, or at least a year, that we are living in Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3, where God specifically talks to his church. He's, not, he's, he's still dealing with the sinners. Amen. But right now, he's more importantly dealing with his church. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And these things we've been seeing happen in this country in the last year, and what we're seeing happen even at this moment, is an absolute shame. And part of the problem of what we're seeing in our country and really around the world is because the church, the church has not stood up and been what God wants it to be. Hallelujah. They need to stand up and be what's right and what's true. So right now, the local church, the church established on the uncompromised Word of God, needs to rise up like never before and say, enough is enough. My brothers and sisters, I believe the local church is the most powerful entity on this planet today. And I believe what God wants to do in this last moment of time that we have is, uh, is going to come through the local church. Can I get an Amen. Because, you see, Jesus fully intended for the church to be governed or to be the governing and ruling force on this earth. We're supposed to be governing. Not through force, but through prayer. 
Through supplication. Amen? Through intercession. In other words, the local church, when it understands its place, and it understands who it really is, and then begins to exercise its delegated authority, then that local church becomes so powerful that it can make a significant difference, not only in the community, but also in the state and even in a country. Can you say amen to that? Listen to me. This country does not belong to Satan. This country belongs to God. Amen. Amen. One nation under God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the church is the restraining force, according to the Bible, the restraining force that's not only holding back the devil, but it's it's keeping the Antichrist and the coming tribulation from taking place. But one of these days, my brothers and sisters, we're going to be taken out of here. And the the, the people who's left on this planet are not going to like it. Because then the devil and all of his demons will be unleashed on this earth. Amen. But right now, we're keeping that back. You know why? Because we recognize who the devil is. See, the people of the world don't recognize the devil. Amen. Because they're living for him. Amen. Hallelujah. I did that one went over like a lead balloon. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, this country does not belong to the devil. The church is a restraining force, and it's time for the church to be the church. It's time for you and I, listen to me, to be the church. Not to come to church. But to be the church. I think we got a t-shirt that says that, don't we? <laughs> I've seen one. It's time for the church. Or it's time for us to uh, separate ourselves from the world. The church don't need to look like the world. Amen. But I don't know, and I, and I don't know why it does, but the, the church is trying so much to look like the world. I guess to swell their numbers. To be seeker friendly. To accept everybody. For who they are and not, and then not, and here's the most important thing, they don't tell them they have to change. Amen. But the word does. The word does, the word says God accepts every one of us. But if you read your Bible, the the first words out of Jesus' mouth when he began to preach was repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He never said you could stay the way you are. Amen. There's another lead balloon. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now more than ever, the purpose of the local church is very important because it's more than just coming to a place and hearing me preach. And Jesus knew this. Are you in Matthew chapter 16 yet? That was my introduction. Matthew chapter 16. Jesus knew what the church was supposed to be. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Or who do men say that I, the the Son of Man, am? Excuse me. So they said, uh, Some say John the Baptist. 
How many of you people ever heard of reincarnation? That's what they're talking about here. Some say, you're John the Baptist. You're him come back. No. Some say, some, uh, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said to them, but who do you say I am? Note, and then I want you to notice the divine revelation that God gave to Peter. Look at verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, those things in the natural, your natural mind didn't think of this, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We all need to get a revelation from our Father in heaven on who we're supposed to be and what the church is supposed to be and who Jesus is supposed to be in us. Amen? And I also say to you, uh, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Amen. And then he says, and the gates of hell, or the gates of Hades, shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed <clears throat> in heaven. Notice in Jesus says in verse 18, he says, On this rock I will build my church. The word church in the Greek means the called out ones. It means those called out and separated under God. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. You're called out. You're to separate yourself under God. Amen? Got one Amen. That's pretty weak for this church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to build the called out ones on the rock. And we know from past teachings that the rock is what? The Word of God. The revealed Word of God. So Jesus is wanting to build His church, which is to say He's wanting to build you and me Build our lives on what? His Word. Amen. On the revelation and wisdom of who He is. We, and Paul brings that out in first, I think it's a what? Ephesians 1, uh, 1 17. I'm not positive, but I think that's the scripture. I know the Holy Ghost is positive. He says, I pray that, that God gives you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of who he is. Every Christian needs to be seeking wisdom and revelation in, uh, in the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is on the inside of them. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, the greater one lives on the inside of us. Does it not? Amen. Well, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. If the greater one lives in you, how can you do some of the things that you do? How can you say some of the things that you say? Amen. 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 I'm preaching on somebody's street. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to build his church in our lives 
on the revelation and wisdom of who he is. He's not building it on what's popular. I'm never going to be a popular preacher. Amen. I'm going to be a preacher of the truth. Amen. He's building it on what not, he's not building it on what the world thinks is right. Let me tell you something, the world is wrong. And the world is in, in the middle of wrong thinking right now. And the world is paying the price for wrong thinking. He's not going to build his uh, church on anything in the natural, but he's going to build our lives on a supernatural foundation. Hallelujah. Which is the written word of God. Can I get an amen? Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Who's the church? Everybody needs to pay attention and raise your hand. I'm trying to wake you up, okay? I know the spirit of slumber gets in, the, in this church. The demon of slumber will get on people, and he'll get on them eyes will get heavy, and they'll go to rolling their eyes and stuff. So every once in a while, I'm going to jerk you back into reality. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to build my church. We're the church. He said, I'm going to build every individual, every called out one on the word of God. The word church also means it's it's an assembly of the called out ones. So we are the called out ones. Amen. Amen. One Greek expositor describes the church as a group of individuals called out and called forth. That's you and me. That we're called out and called forth. Called forth to be what? To be different. Amen. Not to be better, but to be different than the world. To be different than everyone else. We're called out and called forth to be peculiar. The Bible says we're a peculiar people. Amen. Amen. The Bible Bible says we're called forth to be uh, unique. Amen. Amen. We're also called out and called forth to affect our city, to affect its laws and its atmosphere. How? By exercising the authority that has been delegated to us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're witnessing across our nation today is a result of the church not being the church. It's the result of the church, not this church, but the church as a whole. This church is different. Amen? Amen. We're going to lean on the Word of God. Hallelujah. It may step on our toes at times, but we're going to still, we're going to brush it off, and like my grandson says, it'll buff out. Amen. We love to be corrected, don't we? Got one yes, sir, and one amen, and a few grunts. Excuse me. Hallelujah to Jesus. Boy, I'm preaching me happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we're seeing is a product of the church not being the church. It's not standing up and taking the authority that's been given to them. They're not taking, the church as a whole isn't taking authority over the devil. And the devil is running rampant in our country. Amen. The Bible says in the last days, gross darkness 
will cover the earth. We're seeing the beginning of that darkness. And I thank God that I'm a pre-tribulation saint. That God's going to rapture us out of here before we really see too much of it. Amen. <clears throat> My brothers and sisters, this is not a battle that we fight in the natural. Jesus said his church, the one built on the word of God, that the gates of hell could not and would not prevail against it. Amen. We are in the midst of a spiritual war. And it's not about Republicans. It's not about Democrats or any other political party. This is a war of good versus evil. The God we serve against the devil that we dislike. Amen? Amen. And you need to get a hold of that. Yeah. Amen. Changing governments is not going to change what's going to happen in the Bible. Yeah. Amen. As a matter of fact, changing governments is just going to bring about the Bible in faster. Amen. Thank you, Miss Debbie. Praise God. Hallelujah. The church has to engage the enemy with spiritual weapons. The good news is there are churches just like this one, just like ours and others around this country that are rising up and saying, no, you don't, devil. Not on my watch. Amen. Our church and this country belongs to God. Hallelujah. Listen to me. There is no power in hell that can gain victory over a church or a person that Jesus builds. The question is, is Jesus building you? Is Jesus building you? He's building me. You got to confess that. That Jesus is building me. I'm going to be built on his word. Amen. Is he building your life? Because if he is, and I, I normally get a little show of hands right there, but I don't want to trap people. A lot of people don't raise their hands anyway <laughs> because they know sometimes I, I, I pull that little that, the rug out from under. Is he building your life? Because if he is, he's building it on the only thing he would and could build it on, and that's the word of God. He won't build it on tradition. He won't build it on religion. And he won't build it on a denomination. Because you see, the church isn't, is not a denomination. God didn't make denominations. Denominations, listen to me, were created by man. Denominations were formed when one person decided many years ago that they didn't want to take God's word literally. So they changed it up to line up with their lifestyle. And what they believed. And they decided to call themselves Denomination X. <laughs> and let me share something with you. The same thing is true for every denomination. You'll not find the word denomination in the Bible. You'll find the word church. Man-made denomination because he didn't want to do what God told him to do. Amen. And that's the truth of the matter. That's why this is a non-denominational, Jesus-believing, Bible-thumping church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Here we are. 
Jesus didn't say, well, I think I'll just build a denomination. He didn't build the Lutheran, the Catholic, the Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, or any other denomination. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And my church, uh, and my church is going to believe the uncompromised word of God. That's the best way I can put it. Jesus' church believes the word. Don't try to change it. Don't try to change it to fit their lifestyle. Amen. I could tell a lot of stories right there, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Thank you, baby. <laughs> she said good. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and my church... Uh, is going to believe the uncompromised word. It's going to be built on that word. So the question remains, my brothers and sisters, and the questions you and I have to answer, are you and I going to be the church? Yes. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Yes. You're going to be the church, then you're going to have to do what the church does. How many of you know that? Yes. You know what the church does? It's called out. The church is called out. It's separated. You have to separate yourself from what you used to be. Yeah. Amen. You have to. Yeah. You can't ride the fence. You know why? Here we go, Ronnie. Because the devil owns the fence. <laughs> the devil owns the fence. All you fence riders out there, I know there's none in here, but I'm talking to people on... Uh, live stream as well. All you fence riders out there, guess what? You're riding the devil. Because you're either going to be on God's side or you're on the devil's side. There's no, and what I'm, that's what I'm really, really trying to tell you, there is no demilitarized zone. There is no neutral ground. The Bible says you either serve God or mammon. You either serve God or this world. You choose. People think they can choose both sides. They can't. Amen. They're being deceived. Hallelujah. Preaching on somebody's street again. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have to do what the church does. It's called out. It's separated. It doesn't look like everyone else. Listen. When you say, I want to be the church, you're saying you want God's word to form and shape you. And that all the arguments of what you should or should not be doing pass through God's word. The word will tell you what you should and should not be doing. Amen. Amen. And ignorance is no excuse. You're going to be held accountable for the word of God. Amen. Amen. You're going to be judged by the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you, you or I say, I want to be the church, and I just talk about me, then I'm saying I'm going to allow God's word to rule and reign over my life. It's going to rule and reign on, not only over my life, but it's going to rule and reign over my home. It's going to rule and reign over my children. It's going to rule and reign over my marriage. It's going to rule and reign over every area of my life. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do I think everyone wants to be built on God's word? Absolutely not. 
especially in the hour that, the hour that we're living in. <clears throat> Matter of fact, most Christians don't want to follow the Word of God. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that they may not be saved. God's the only one that knows that. Amen. But everything after that, and I told you that this morning in my opening, everything after that, the blessings of God, healing, <clears throat> joy, peace, a good marriage, good kids, all that is con uh, conditional on us being in God's uh, word and being God's church. Amen. But not everybody wants to be built on God's word. They'll say, well, pastor, you're just, you know, you're just out of touch. No one really wants to live that way. Do they? Absolutely they do. I do. You do. So for somebody to tell me nobody wants to live that way, they're being deceived by the devil. Because that's a lie of the devil. You see, our goal as God's church is to be a part of a church that, uh, that only Jesus can build. We want to be a part of a church whose foundation is, is the Word of God. We want to be a part of a church who sees God's power and authority actively working in people's lives with signs, wonders, and miracles. You know, kind of like the early church. How many of you have ever read the early church in the book of Acts? Hallelujah. Well, let's go there now. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Say amen when you're there. Amen. And how many of you know to have the early church, what the early church had, that we're going to have to do what the early church did? How many of you know that? Amen. Nobody wants to raise their hand. That's okay. Uh, you better know that. Amen. Get a revelation of that. If you want what the early church had, you have to do what they did. Amen. Look at this in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It said, then those who gladly received the word were baptized. Talked about that this morning. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Wow, it's exactly right. Praise God. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, underline that, and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, this is right after the day of Pentecost. And the early church is just now being built on the word of God. Look at verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul. That's not fear like I, I'm scared he's going to swap me with a fly swatter. That's reverent fear. That's reverence for God and what, what God was doing in the church. It says, then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Uh, so continually, continuing daily with one accord, underline that, with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread uh, from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, this is a picture 
of, of what I uh, would call a great revival that took place in the early church. And through this revival, the church saw many signs, wonders, and miracles. Can you see that? Are you with me? What I have found interesting that there are 12 attributes outlined in these verses that will reveal how the local church should function. And praise God, I'm not going to talk about all 12 of them today. Amen? But I do want to teach on one of them this morning, and it's found in verse number 42. <clears throat> Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, <coughs> excuse me. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. <clears throat> I want <a, clears throat> to pull out of this scripture this morning uh, one of the main purposes of the local church, and it is to preach right doctrine. We need to preach right doctrine. <clears throat> one of the most fundamental and important things needed in the church today is right doctrine. There needs to be a revival of right doctrine. And notice in verse 42, it says they continued steadfastly in what? In the apostles' doctrine. Not just any doctrine, but the apostles' doctrine. The word doctrine here means the, the apostles' teachings. And that's the ones they got from Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Amen. Amen. They followed Jesus around for three, three and a half years, and then Jesus went to heaven, and he left them in charge of preaching his gospel. That's the doctrine I'm talking about. <clears throat> it means teachings. It means to build a belief system. Uh, when you say, I believe this or I believe that, my brothers and sisters, you're building your belief system. If I say, well, I don't believe in healing, guess what? I'll never get healed. If I say I don't believe in tithing, I'll, I'll never tithe. Amen. If I say, well, I believe it's okay to drink and party and go out and with all my friends, guess what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be drinking and partying and going out with all my friends. It don't matter what the Word of God says. This is what I believe. This is my belief system. Amen. And many Christians are doing that today. They're not taking their Bibles to church. They're not reading their Bible. They're not studying their Bible. They don't know the truth. All they know is the truth is coming out of the pulpit at the church they're going to. And my Bible still says the blind lead the blind. They'll both be in the ditch. I got tired of wallowing the mud years ago. And I stopped listening to a lot of the people on, on, on uh, TV that I used to listen to. <clears throat> Amen. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Praise God, because it's important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Notice it says one of the most important things they were doing is they were preaching sound doctrine. Today, in many of our local churches, right doctrine is not being preached, but instead, humanism is being preached. They're trying to tickle the people's minds 
and then make them feel good about themselves. Uh, it's, a, it's a more of a uh, psychology, more of a self-awareness. Uh, Amen. And we ought to be thinking about God's awareness. Amen. Amen. It's not right doctrine. What they're teaching is not right doctrine. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 4. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 4. And I want you to keep in mind that one of the most important things you should find in the local church is right doctrine. Right. Not entertainment, not rock bands, right. not light shows, not, not smoking mirrors. Not what makes you feel good about yourself. But you need to find right doctrine. And we're going to define what right doctrine is this morning. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1. It says, hear my children. How many of you know that's God talking? How many of you know you the child? You the children? Hear my children the instruction of a father. And give attention to no understanding. For I give you what? Good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Proverbs 4 and the Amplified says this, and you can look at it on the screen. It says, hear, my sons, the instructions of a father, and pay attention in order, now watch this, to gain and to know intelligent discernment, comprehension, and interpretation of spiritual matters. Amen. Amen. For I give you good doctrine, what is to be received, and then it says, do not forsake my teaching. Notice what good doctrine is. It's instructions from our Heavenly Father. It's God's law. How many of you know the law was not done away with, but it was fulfilled by Jesus Christ? Three people. <clears throat> A lot more of you need to read your Bible. Amen. I'll have more hands on the next question. Might start calling you out by name. Look out now. Good doctrine is instruction from the Father. It's God's law, which is his holy word. Now look at this in 2 Timothy. I'm just giving you a bunch of scriptures that tell us what good doctrine is and what the church is supposed to look like. Amen? 2 Timothy chapter 3. Keep in mind, we're defining good doctrine, which will help us establish what? Our belief system. We're trying to establish this morning a belief system. And that belief system is going to be founded and established on the Word of God. <clears throat> it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, this is a very familiar scripture. It says, all scripture. Everybody say all. all. How, many, how many of you know that all means everything? All, all scriptures, from the front to the back. All 66 books, every dot, every jot, every tittle, every dotted I, everything, <clears throat> all Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration from Pastor John. No, it's given by inspiration of God. Hallelujah. And it's profitable for doctrine. I'm just seeing people who are awake, brother. 
Thank you for helping me. Amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That covers it all, don't it? That's the life of a Christian right there. All scriptures are given to us to correct us, to make us what God wants us to be. Amen? I'm not going to patty cake around this this morning. Praise God. We need to get on board with God. And we need to do it soon. I am not kidding when I tell you that we're living in the last days. And your life may depend on whether you pay attention or not. In other words, God says, listen, I'm going to give you a pastor. And he's going to teach you the word of God. And then uh, he's going to teach you what I have him teach. Amen? Amen? And then you take that word and you act on it. Amen. Not just hear it, but act on what you hear. Amen. And it's going to build a belief system on the inside of you uh, called good doctrine. And it's doctrine based specifically and uh, uncompromisingly on my word. That's what God says. I'm going to build my doctrine in you. If you'll listen and do. Everybody say, I'm going to listen and do. You can't just, you can't build a sound doctrine in your life and you'll all be, always be wishy-washy like the scripture says, you'll always be a wave tossed to and fro because you don't do the word. You can't just hear the word, you have to be a doer of the word. Amen. But he's going to build a, system, a belief system on the inside of us on his, go, on his word. Now drop down to chapter 4. And look at this in verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. It says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no higher pair than that, right? I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come. And I'm going to tell you something, that time's right here now. For the time will come when they will not endure what? Sound doctrine. What is sound doctrine? It's the teachings from this book called the Bible. Amen. It says the time will come when Christians, not heathens, because this book of this is written to Christians. Remember that. He's not talking to the unsaved here. It says the time will come when uh, Christians will not endure God's teachings. They will not endure from the word of God. Now watch this. But according to their own desires, their own pleasures, what I want to do, according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap upon themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. In other words, when you're not centered in and on God's word as your source of doctrine, 
as your source of your belief system, then you open up your ears to anything and everything else. You'll just listen to anything. Boy, that sounds good. You know, and hey, hey, this guy, he don't preach nothing like Pastor John does. He says, I'm covered with grace and I can live like I want to. Pastor John says, I need to give up all that stuff. Pastor John says, I need to abstain from fornication. Pastor John says, I need to abstain from sin. No, Pastor John ain't saying it. God said it. I'm just telling you what God said. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. So what? Show me in your Bible where he said he drank it. Uh-huh. Come on. A lot of heads are dropping down. I must be pulling down your street. Let me tell you something. Jesus never touched alcohol. Amen. When he had the Last Supper, they drank the fruit of the wine. Uh, the vine, not the wine. <laughs> the fruit of the vine. You know what the fruit of the vine is? Grape juice. Wasn't Welch's. Probably a whole lot better. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. I'm going to move on. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just giving it to you like he's giving it to me. Praise God. See, we're living in a time when false doctrine, false teachers, and deception are running rampant in our, rampant in our earth. And if you want to know the truth about it, these are the enemy's greatest weapons. If he can deceive you, he's got you. And you'll just do anything saying, eh, it's okay. Amen. And the only thing that keeps you and me, my brothers and sisters, from being deceived is us continually or continuously following the Word of God. We got to be sold out. We got to come to church every every time the doors open, and we can. I know people have to work, but we need to be at church listening to what God has to tell us every chance we can. Because in these last days, the Word of God is the only thing in us that's going to hold up. And if we don't have the Word in us, we will be deceived. Because the Bible's not a lie, and Jesus said, in the last days, they will be deceived. We need to guard over what we allow into our hearts through our ears and through our eyes, through what we hear and what we read. See, I don't just listen to anybody who can hold a Bible, and I advise you not to either. You can bet this one thing that when I listen to someone, I not only know how they believe, but I know how they live outside the church. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Amen. I don't keep listening to somebody that gets caught in adultery. Amen. I knew a preacher one time, really in a local church, not here in Wembley, but in a place that I'm familiar with. I'm not going to name it. But he was caught in the act of adultery with one of his congregation. And you know what the church did? They kicked the wife out of the church. (laughs) 
I'm just going to leave that alone. We need to guard over what we hear. I'm not going to just listen to anybody. Amen. Amen. And you shouldn't either. You need to get a little bit of information about the people you're listening to. Amen. I don't watch Christian TV no more. There are a few that I, I may listen to every once in a while. But very few. I don't just listen to anybody. <clears throat> while we're on the subject, I may as well tell you this. And I'm going to close here in a minute. Turn to your neighbor and say, that don't mean nothing. <laughs> but while we're on the subject, I may as well tell you that the only book I read for godly wisdom is the book called the Holy Bible. I've had people come to me, and I'm not criticizing this, but they'll come to me and say, Pastor, did you read this book like this one? No, I sure didn't. No, Pastor, did you read this book? No, I sure didn't. Well, I think this. I think that. And I don't be ugly to them. But listen, I don't read other books. If I want godly wisdom, I'm going to go to the author and the originator of all wisdom. Are you hearing me? And anything other than that may have an opinion in there. Any other book in the Bible may have an opinion in there. It may have somebody's, somebody else's interpretation, which the Bible says and we're, it's not to be interpreted. It's to be translated, but not interpreted. God don't need our help telling him what he means. Amen. And any other book that I, I may pick up, may have somebody else's interpretation on it, and I'm not going to believe, uh, build my belief system on that. I'm going to believe my build, uh, belief system on the Word of God and the Word of God only. Amen. Now listen, I'm not criticizing you. If you read other books, praise God. Read them. But you better be able to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you to discern what you're reading is right. And you better take that, take that book and put it upside the Bible when they give a scripture. And you better make sure them scriptures are reading the same. Amen. How many of you know in the Garden of Eden, the devil only changed one word and it deceived Eve? Amen. And there's false prophets out there, false teachers out there that will do the same thing. They don't mean to do it, but that's how they live their life. See, a lot of preachers don't want to live by the Word of God either. Amen. And, they, and, and woe be unto them because a lot of them think they're above the law, God's law, and they're not. Matter of fact, my Bible says that I'll be held as a, at, a, at a higher level of judgment than the normal, than the average Christian. And I read that before I took this job. And I promised my Heavenly Father that when I got in this pulpit, I would preach exactly what His Word said. Not my opinion. Not what I interpreted it to be. But I'm going to preach His Word. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. If you want to read other books, Go. you read them. I'm not against that. See, what I figured out is all wisdom originated with God. And what I've done is I've chosen to save my money. Amen. And go to the horse's mouth to get my information. Amen. I go straight to the original author. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of my belief system.
Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we need sound doctrine. We need to hear sound doctrine. And God's purpose, listen to me now, God's purpose for this church and for you and for me is to preach the uncompromised word of God and give people, all that those who come through those doors, sound doctrine. It's not just about the pastor. It's not just about how I live my life. It's about how you live your life. Listen to me. The, pre- the people around you are watching you. And you can preach one thing and live another. And guess what? What you preach goes in one ear and out the other because they just say, well, not, they're, not, they're living the same way I am. Why should I go to that church? Y'all need to come to my church. Why? You're doing the same thing I am. I can do that without going to your church. Amen. Is that how the world thinks or is it? Come on. Come on. Get on the same page with me. Amen. That's the way the world thinks. Why should I go to a church and listen to that preacher say all that stuff and, you know, and, and fall asleep in church when I can just stay home and take a nap? Because I'm not going to listen to him anyway because your life ain't no different than mine. I had that happen to me. I'm speaking from experience. I was preaching the word of God, telling people how much, how God had changed my life. And I was still drinking, smoking, cussing, doing everything else that I was doing before I accepted Jesus as my Lord. It, It wasn't that I hadn't accepted him as my Lord, but I hadn't crucified my flesh. And when you're in that situation, don't preach because people ain't going to listen to you. Amen. Get your life right. Let your life be a witness. Let your life preach to them. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm out of time. Not praise God. I'm out of time, but I'm out of time. Y'all said praise God. I should have got a whole bunch of amens right there. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, we're out of time. Praise God. We're not done with this subject. We've just now started. This is really my introduction to uh, what I believe the local church needs to be in this last hour. Amen. Uh, And our purpose at this church is to preach sound doctrine. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. But then there's a sin that just keeps nagging on them and it just keeps coming back on them. It's kind of like, it's not exactly like, but it's kind of like the thorn that was in Paul's side that just always kept him humble. And there's a sin in your life this morning that you want to get rid of. And you want to say, Lord, I'll never do that again in my life. I'm consecrating myself to you. I've learned today that I need to be a doer of the word. And I want to be a doer of the word for the rest of my life. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Hallelujah. God sees all those hands with every head raised and every eye opened. I want everyone in this room and those watching by live stream to repeat this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for being my God. I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. And He died especially for me. Right now, He's in heaven with you. And He's making intercession for me. 
Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Make me new from the inside out. Keep working on me, Lord. I want to be more like you. Show me in your word that I love to read where I make my mistakes. And I promise you that I'll do them. I'll do what you tell me to. All I ask is you tell me. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, whether you're in here or you're watching my live stream, I encourage you. And I, I encourage everybody anyway. We have a website. And you can go on that website and you can download uh, or you can go on Spotify or iTunes and you can download every podcast at this church, everything I've ever preached. And I'm not saying that it's about me. I'm saying it's about the Word of God. And I can tell you this, and everybody that's in this room will probably witness to you that, that we preach the uncompromised Word of God. I don't always preach a good, a great message. And a lot of times people get, may get just toes stepped on, but let me tell you something, it'll buff out. So I encourage you to go on that website, hillcountrycowboychurch.com, and, and download those podcasts or watch them on the, on the, on the computer, uh, and you'll learn something every time you listen to them. I learn something every time I re-listen to any message that I've ever listened to. You only retain about 2% of it when you listen to it. So listen, you have to listen to it at least, what, 50 times to get the whole message. <laughs> Boy, that was quick math, wasn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I encourage you to do that. The last thing I want to encourage you in is you serve a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. And you're always the next in line for your miracle. Have a blessed day in Jesus. Have a blessed week in Jesus.